Welcome to My Autism Tribe, a community of advocates that are linked by autism, but bound by strength. This is a time to find our sounding board and shoulders that help us carry life's load without the fear of criticism. We give and receive. We nurture and empower. I'm your host, Susan Scott. If you mention autism to most people, they'll think about children, but it's a lifelong diagnosis. Children with autism grow up to be adults with autism. We're all aware of the challenges of raising a child with autism, but what we don't always think about is what happens when our child reaches adulthood. The added challenges, the concerns that come with it, from job opportunities to housing, there are just so many aspects to think about. Today's guest is autism mom, Melinda Dalton-Cook. Her beautiful daughter, Paige, is 17 years old, nonverbal, with additional concerns of epilepsy and severe food allergies. She's going to share with us the fear and questions that her family are discussing now. Melinda, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited. You're going to be the first one that we talk to about this topic, kind of what happens when our child with autism grows up. And I know that you guys are having a personal experience with that right now. And could you share with us a little bit about your gorgeous daughter, Paige, and some of the conversations that you guys are having right now? Sure. Thank you so much, Susan, for having me on today. Such a pleasure. Yes. Uh, let's let's see. Paige. Well, my daughter. Uh, she's on the autism spectrum. She's seventeen. She also has verbal apraxia. She has severe food allergies, and she has epilepsy. So we kind of have a little bit of everything. And mm-hmm. now that she turned seventeen, we're kind of like, what do we do now? Sure. <laughs> to take you back, we um, she got diagnosed at. Uh, 17 months old, we kind of knew something happened and then 24 months, but we were just chatting prior Mm -hmm. and we were talking about your son's five and it goes by so fast. It does. It really does. Yeah. And then, and before you know it, you, you know, I'm looking at Paige and looking back at pictures and I'm like, where is that baby? (laughs) Where is that small child? And I thought we had you know, we've been sailing along for years, you know, with therapies mm-hmm. and schools and meetings and everything like that. And and then all of a sudden, she turned 15 mm-hmm. and we had a meeting at school. We had our annual IEP meeting uh-huh. and I was blindsided by having her do transition goals. Right. So if no one knows what transition goals are, they are a goal that that you prepare the team prepares so that you can work on her transitioning either you know out of school into the community Mm -hmm. or continuing school and in California we live in California and you have till you're 22 so you can stay in school until you're 22 okay so you you kind of have to you know decide so I was blindsided by that they're like okay we need to make some transition goals and I said, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. No one, no one told me ahead of time. I had all my draft goals. I was prepared. And then it was just like, boom, here you go. We need to think of things. And right. I said, well, I need to get back to you, you know, on these things. So so that it was just like a pre-transition meeting. Mm-hmm. Following year 16, same idea. So in that time, my husband and I started talking about what we are going to do for Paige. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of, I mean, 
California is a great state to live in. We have so many resources here. Yes. I was just talking to a group last night and we all agreed that this is the best state to live in because you, you, there's so many opportunities for, you know, children on the spectrum or for with any developmental disability. And so many resources. There are, there's so many things and there's so many, um, you can get a lot and it's, can it even in the next three years, it's going to be a lot more. That's so great. It's so, it's so cool. They're, they're, they're putting out a pilot program that is a self-determination pilot program. So parents are going to be able to customize it for their child. So when your child turns 23, you can customize it. So you don't have to go with like the cookie cutter, you know, um, special day program or, you know, whatever regional center decides that here's, here's your three programs, pick it. You can Mm -hmm. actually customize. So if you're, if your child wants to go, to equestrian therapy or um, swimming, anything like that, you can you can add that into their day. Oh wow, that's and awesome! Get, and, and get funding for it. That's <laughs> so, incredible. That's unheard of, really, especially the funding mm-hmm. part. Yeah, and the budget is determined by the need of the you know adult, basically the adult. So, and you can do some pre things for oh. it when they're a little bit younger. So mm-hmm. that you can you can have like if they need support when they go, you know, to the gym or wherever or to work, anything like that. And it's fully funded by the regional center and you can customize it. So that's rolling out in about three years. And so what age does that go up to? Is it indefinite? Yes. 20. Well, 23, I think to in your 30s. OK. okay. So, I mean, don't, don't quote me on that, but it's a new program. Uh-huh. So, and I have a few friends that are in the pilot program for it. So they're actually testing it out right now, which is awesome because they they get like special programs funded for them. Uh huh. Right now, so and in a few years, it'll be open to anybody. <laughs> and is that is that being established at the state level, or is this yes. uh, okay? Yeah, it is the state level. It's your it's your local regional center. Okay. So it's even it's even by county. So we're in San Diego County. Okay. And then there's, you know, LA, Orange County, Riverside County in California. And mm-hmm. it's by so each county has the decision whether they want to roll this out. It's the same and we could chat about conservatorship too. It's the same same kind of thing. It's by county in California. Okay. So so anyway, back to my husband and I decided we need to do something for our daughter. Mm-hmm. So we said, what are her strengths? So we listed out her strengths and, and what do we see for her? What is good for our whole family? And she's our only child. So it, she's all we know. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we decided that we, we have, we recently did a um, special needs trust, which if you, I mean, it's a long story, but everyone I believe that has a child with a disability should definitely get a special needs trust to protect them yes. from any, you know, any other th- things in the future and have people oversee their finances right? and also all their, you know, housing and medical and things like that. But so we finally did the special needs trust and I was so taken back by our appointment. Oh, wow. 
And I just, it was so hard for us because we had to determine, you know, one, who would take care of Paige when we're no longer here. Right. And and that's such a hard thing to do, to do right now, because uh, it's, you just have to think, try to think about the future. Yeah. And and we can change it, but it was so, um, to me, it was like a heart-wrenching type of situation because you have to decide like who do I trust to take care of my daughter the way that I would want her to live and let's face it we really don't believe that anybody else could take care of them the way that we could you know right we know everything about them yeah you know we know everything that they do what they love what they don't like their triggers Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it just would take somebody, you know, moving in with me. And, you yeah. know, and then also it's, we don't have a big family. So it would, it would be, you know, my brother's children who are young. They're not even teenagers yet. Right. You, we have no idea, you know, and you guys yeah. could live long and healthy lives and live sure. until you're a hundred years old. And, you know, but but even then, it's like that with the special needs trust. You have. I always think about. Okay, let's say I live a really long and healthy life, but maybe I'm not. I I am at an age where I can't properly take care of him. Sure. You know, like right. in my 80s, and I still have 20 more years to live. Then right. what happens? And I look at. I have two younger sisters, and I'm I'm thinking, well, they would be wonderful, both of them, to to take care of of Alex and and his father you know um we have cousins and stuff but right. like you said they're young right and, they're young and yeah. my biggest fear is you know what is i don't i don't want them not to have a life also i don't know who they're going to marry right if that person if that person will love my daughter as much as you know the the cousins or you know the aunts or the uncles like i don't know what would happen in that situation. Right. So that's, that's what scared me going into this meeting. And I mean, I knew it had to be done, but it just made me think of things differently, I should say. And also the, so you have someone that takes care of your, you know, your child. And then you also have another person that does um, the finances Mm -hmm. for them. So we, I have a, pretty good idea about that but then I also found out that you can use a company like Morgan Stanley you know just to just to make sure that you know the caregiver isn't taking advantage so you have like accountability you know for different people and so now I feel that I need to change that (laughs) (laughs) things come up I I told my husband last night I go we need to change that to another like a, a finance company so that we we're okay. So no one's going out and buying a like a car, <laughs> right? Right. Vacations every month. Exactly. Or, you know, it's like oh, let's go on a shopping trip with Paige's money. So yeah. after that, I mean, we have you know we have our retirement funds and and life insurance and things like that. But we still need something to sustain Paige's life. Sure. So we need. So what we decided was we are going to buy a small property Mm -hmm. and have it be sustainable like so like a farm type community and where we live in san diego there's a few different places where you can buy a little bit of land 
Uh-huh. And, you know, make, make, so we would, you know, start out with people helping us and, and try to transition her in. So now, speaking of transition goals, we finally made them this year. So we yeah. kind of geared them towards her being able to work on our property. Oh, wow. And make a product, you know, whether, you know, whether it be that she's actually physically making the product or packing the product. Sure. Or, you know, or doing social, social media or whatever the case may be. We are doing pre-goals now for that at school. So okay. we kind of wanted to tie everything together. So I would say to people when they're, I would say as young as, you know, 14, maybe 14 or 15 years old, start thinking about, you know, your child. Are they diploma bound? Are mm-hmm. they, um, you know, are they going to go to school until they're 22? But the thing that I just learned was, is you can have, you can be diploma bound and you can prolong it until they're 22 and they could still get that diploma at 22 years of age because they still might, they, they might be great at academics, but they still need that social piece or the life skills piece you know, right. to, to be able to go in, you know, into college or, you know, in into society and get a job, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. you can you can talk to your team and prolong that, you know, that that IEP out. Until oh, OK. You know what I mean? Like until they're sure. older. So they can still get their diploma, you know, but they'll they'll just prolong it a little bit, which I think is great. I think I think typical the children should do that. absolutely and we be, we're all on a different yeah different yeah. time frame i think i think yeah. that there should be something now because you you're just throwing these kids out at 18 into the world and you know they might not know how to budget Oh, my gosh. I remember when someone asked me, you know, after high school graduation, what major are you going to declare in college? And I was like, I have no idea. I mean, I claimed uh, pre-med. I was pre-med. And I'm not a doctor today. You know, it's (laughs) things change. It's it's so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Same same here. It's like, you know, they they told me I have to put something. Okay. Liberal arts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sounds fun, I you know. Sounds fun, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. but, so we we decided that we needed to do something for her. So that's what we're doing now. So we've been looking at properties, and of course, in California, it's so expensive, astronomical. <laughs> yeah, to buy anything, it's crazy. And so we're looking at our budget, and we're looking at a time frame. And we have, you know, we have time. We're looking at about, you know, three to five years maybe a little bit sooner of buying a property and getting everything in place mm-hmm. and then having, you know, having a residence for Paige to always live in. Yeah. Cause you know, we want her to have, you know, a home and we want to be able to buy it now so that we can, it'll be paid for by the time that she's older. So she doesn't have that burden. Sure. Absolutely. That's a smart move. I have a family member whose daughter is on the spectrum and they, mm-hmm. Uh, recently just purchased um, it's like a duplex and so they're currently renting it out you know both Uh sides of the duplex but with the intention with a thought maybe this is where their daughter can live you know right that's great 
So I think it's, yeah, it's an, something I hadn't thought about ever before until I had a son that was on the spectrum. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what, you know, we were discussing that as well. And we went, we went back and forth and I mean, it might still happen where, you know, you can buy a small community like that, like a duplex, or you can buy, like they have old resorts for sale or retirement homes that are for sale that we could make our own community Mm. And have and and rent rent them out to you know society in general, but then have a couple of of spots for our children. Sure. And then you know slowly you know so it's like inclusive yeah. to everyone. Yeah. You know, and then we would you know everybody would look out for one another. So that's that's kind of like what we're talking about now in the community that I'm in mm-hmm. is is doing that for each other and having like a friendability. So it's like we're you know, we might not know each other personally, but we'll always look out for one another's children's best interest. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, so it's like I started, I it, that's another story, but I started another group and, and we're chatting and I said, you know, we do need to come together and, you know, get to know one another's children and get to know one another, even if it's not really personal. But mm-hmm. if if we're no longer here, we need somebody that knows what we would want for our chi- our child. Yes, and that they could speak for them, and that they are knowledgeable about you know the disability and the person. Right. It's just another point of accountability. Yes, exactly. So if we all work together, you know, I don't want anybody to be alone. I, there's there's always someone out there that can help. Yeah, and that's what I I meet so many new parents. And, you know, we call it in the weeds, you know, when you're just starting out and everything is so overwhelming. I called it drowning. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good word. (laughs) That is. And it's, and you just like, you're trying, that's very good because you're trying, you're trying and trying to swim to the top and you can see the sun. Yeah. And then you get, you get pushed back down again. Sure. Yeah. And then you, you know, you swim and swim and swim and it's like, you know, that, cartoon character you know just keep swimming and we try and then we get knocked back down but I meet so many new parents that they're so overwhelmed and I say just Mm -hmm. do the best that you can yes (laughs) it'll be okay because people put it in your mind you know hurry 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 you need to hurry up and do this therapy and this therapy and early intervention while that's all good you still have to have a life for your family yes you know, you can't, it it, it, it's so hard to step back and cause I'm, you know, I'm a doer. So I'm just like, okay, let's do 40 hours of ABA and three hours of speech and, you know, all this, all, all these therapies. And it took me years to take a step back mm-hmm. and say, my daughter had a very long day at school. She needs a break on, you know, Tuesdays and Fridays. We're not going to have any therapy and she can do whatever she wants. Right. So, and that took me years to do that. And I realized, oh, that's why she's having that aggressive behavior. <laughs> she's just done. Yeah, <laughs> you know? she was just she tired. Was like, it's like going to work and then coming home and having a second job. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I And I tried to be cognizant of that. You know, there, oh, yeah. 
there were several, uh, gosh, I know for a solid month, you know, when Alex would come home from school and I was trying to get him to try new foods and we did, I don't know how many trials, you know, at the dinner table. And there were, you know, I mean, we had positive reinforcements for sure. And we should have bought stock and Hatchimals at that point in time. <laughs> but over the course of that month, he did obtain, um, you know, like five new foods. And, oh, that's but at the end of that month, I'm like, okay, bub, it's, you know, we don't have to do this for a little while. You know, right. it's we're, we're done. We have the Hatchimals. We've got five new foods. All right. <laughs> right. Check awesome. it. Check it off. Um, so now since one of my other concerns, too, and you mentioned, you know, Paige is an only child. So, you know, and Alex is, too. And that's that's weighed on me pretty heavily. You know, when we first found out uh, that he had autism just knowing that there was a chance of him being alone. And right. so for me, aside from the financial portion of it, just someone making sure that he's medically healthy, mm-hmm. you know, the social aspect for me is I, I kind of struggle with. Will there be friends? Will he be an advocate for himself by then? And I and I hope he will. But that's also a fear too, you know? Oh, definitely. It it is and I've I've struggled with that over the years and you try to you know, you try to do play groups with people and have them meet people at school so that they'll have friends and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it is hard and Paige can't advocate for herself. So that's why she needs, you know, us to do it for her. Right. But I understand what you're, you're saying, but if I was to go back, I would actually, because your child can attend the IEP meeting. They are the team, you know, they are the person in, you know, that right. the team is thinking about. So I know a lot of parents that have their children go to the IEP meetings. Now, mm-hmm. I never thought Paige would be up for doing that or, you know, or actually know what was going on. So right now, I just, since she was, oh, I don't know, probably second or third grade, mm-hmm. I would have the IEP meeting. I would read the whole entire IEP to her. Okay. And just see if she said anything or if she, I don't know, if just just to say, like, here are your goals that we're going to work on for the next year. Mm-hmm. Here are your bench, here are your benchmarks, you know, because no one else is going to read it to her. They're just right. going to do the goals. And I said, here are the benchmarks. I said, here is your behavior plan. We're going to work on, you know, not having, um, you know, compulsions or um, self-interest behaviors, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I have always been the person that I will not talk about Paige negatively if any if she's in the room. Right. Or I won't talk about anything because she understands. Yes. Yeah. So I will not say anything, you know, to anybody. You know, I'll, if someone calls me and I'm in the car driving and she's in the car with me, I'll say, I'll have to call you back. Yeah. You know, if you want to talk about, you know, a therapy or a result of a test. But so I read the IEP to her. So I don't know a lot of people who do that that don't have, I mean, of course, kids that go to the IEP meetings. But I would have Alex start sitting in. The mm-hmm. meeting, even if it's only, you know, for a few minutes. Sure. You know, because and, and, he can have a say on what he wants. 
yeah, to do for the year. You and know? I think that's part of the advocacy, you know, it is mm-hmm. starting early. And I think we talked about this a little bit before, but right. I made the decision, you know, really early on to include Alex into the advocate role. And I wanted him to see me being an advocate for him. Right. And, you know, we had an autism safety day at the fire department a couple of weeks ago, and he was there at the table with me passing out information. And, you know, so I think that if you start them early enough and include them in on any type of conversations, not the negative, but the factual, the positive, so that they can really start learning and understanding what is going on, you know, and he's five and you're right, they they will start really understanding at a young age. They know what people are saying. Yeah, yeah, they do. They totally know. And I love that you do that because I've always included Paige in in things that I've done. And I even even if, you know, anybody who's listening that has a child that is nonverbal or minimally verbal, they still mm-hmm. they understand. And why not be a part like you, you know, passed out flyers at a fire station. It's mm-hmm. they can do that they can pass out flyers to people and it's great to, you know, not only to advocate for yourself or for others, but just to be in the community and you know, having a skill that you can build on by you know, meeting people and that yeah. might reach a goal, you know, of, you know, of saying hi to somebody. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So I, think, I think that's wonderful. Wonderful that you're doing that at such an early age too. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, and I think it's important to not ever, um, whisper the word autism or you know try to cover your mouth when you're talking to someone Mm -hmm. um you know and that's again that's just my opinion that's my point of view it's I think it starts at an early age and it continues on so that when they are older they may not be able to verbally be an advocate for themselves but maybe they may be a little bit more aware of how people are interacting with them and why they're interacting with them and that, you know, there are people that are fighting for them. Right. I so appreciate I could talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> I I think you're one of my soul sisters. I do. Oh, I know. I know. We just like when I when I spoke with you uh, last week, I I hung up and I'm like, wow, Susan is amazing. <laughs> thinking the same thing you just kind of click with people and I think we click a lot with our community because we're all in the weeds as you said and but yeah they're just certain people that they're just the personalities you really mesh with and I am I'm proud to call you a friend and I just thank you and um you're definitely part of my tribe oh yay (laughs) I think that you know it's it's great when I meet when I meet people and we just we met online because we both yeah. have podcasts so exactly it, you know, and I was listening to your podcast and I was just blown away so I like I had to reach out to you and yeah. it, it was so great that I'm like wow look at look at what she's doing this is amazing and Chad and I you know we're like we wanted to document our journey going into this transition for our daughter and I said there's nothing, there's nobody out there sharing information. Yeah. And I said, how about we document it and we, we share what we learn so that it's easier for other people to start, 
that's they they already have something and if i help one person then my my job's done my task is done it's that's so true and i'm i'm so glad you pointed that out i yeah i want to mention that you have a podcast as well and why don't you share with people a little bit about um i know we're kind of running out of time but as far as like your social media, sure. you know, profiles and where they can find your information as well. Okay, great. We have, my husband and I have a podcast called Sands the Sugar Coat, Our Autism Journey. Mm-hmm. And we take you through, we're, go, we're going to start taking you through the future. But we're kind of, we just started like uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we have, we're talking about our past and things that have helped us. So check me out there. Check my husband and I out there. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Sans the Sugarcoat. Sans the Sugarcoat. Yeah. And you yeah. have great pictures. And I know you highlight your daughter page quite a yeah. bit. And let me just say that I think it's awesome that you and your husband are doing this together. Oh, thank you. I think it's um I think that's so important, and uh, you guys are very lucky and blessed to have each other, you know, as you go on this journey, and it, it, that's amazing. So, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we've been together for 27 years. We've been married. We're going to celebrate 22 years of marriage in June. <laughs> so Happy anniversary. Say, <laughs> thank you. I say we're, we're stuck with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing at all. Well, awesome. Well, give my regards to Chad and and Paige, of course, and let's definitely keep in contact and, and then we'll just continue to support and encourage each other. Absolutely. It isn't clear yet whether people with autism age in the same way as people without autism. This diagnosis as a whole is considered to be relatively new, but one thing is certain. We all deserve to age as well as we can. It's only by continuing to understand how people with autism change as they get older that we can really start to put the right services in place to support them. My biggest fear for my son is how well will he be provided for when I'm gone. He's only five, but it's my goal to start early, plan ahead. These kiddos don't stay young forever. Thanks for joining me today and thank you so much for being a part of my autism tribe. I'll see you next week.